Hello everyone, welcome to the Bootstrap Founder Podcast. My name is Avid Kahl and I talk about how you can start, run and sell a bootstrap business. This episode is called How to Kill Your Business. Let's get started. Most advice comes in the shape of telling you what to do to be successful. And it's instructional and it shows the happy path. And as a reader, I resonate a lot with that. After all, I want to see how things are done right and I want to learn from the best. But that's not the only way to learn, because after all, most advice is anecdotal, and it often suffers from hindsight bias, and it's usually so selective that it may not apply to you and your entrepreneurial efforts at all. But not all is lost. There's a story about Charlie Munger, who worked as a meteorologist for the U.S. Air Force in World War II. His job was clearing pilots for takeoff and to plot a course for their safe return So he had to make sure his weather predictions would be on point. He was responsible for bringing his pilots home. And instead of finding the best way to do that, he inverted the problem. And he considered all the ways that guaranteed that they wouldn't make it home. He created theoretical scenarios where pilots would run out of fuel or fall into the ocean due to storms, frozen rain, stuff like that, or run into extreme weather phenomena of all kinds. He drew for those routes, right, on his um, little screen or however he used to do it, and they then used those drawings, those plots, those routes to make sure that he'd never suggest such a map to an actual pilot. And Munger laid out all the ways in which he would fail at his task. He played through all those scenarios just to know what conditions would keep him from succeeding. And for a founder, I think this is an equally useful exercise. What could you do to make sure your business will fail, guaranteed? And then learn from that. So here are a few scenarios of questionable choices and why they are likely to backfire. And just to make sure, most of the following advice is inverted. So. Don't try this at home. Let's start with the stupid idea number one, which is quit your job immediately. So the moment you have a business idea, quit your job immediately. Why would you need a stable source of income while you experiment with your completely unvalidated idea? Throw caution to the wind and put all your eggs in just one basket. That's a great idea. Startups have a 100% survival rate, right? You could definitely survive a few weeks without revenue and maybe months. Uh, Maybe years. Customers are super easy to find, and they'll pay you boatloads of money quickly anyway. So just go ahead, quit your job, remove the safety net to play in the big leagues. That's not a good idea. I see way too many founders thinking along those lines. It's wonderful if you have ideas, but the idea is a minuscule part of building a sustainable business. The initial revenue of a business is always zero, and it's incredibly hard to grow. It may take months or years for a bootstrap business to become truly profitable. And you will need a very long runway for that. And having a day job is a very smart choice. Moonlighting is how many successful projects started. They were successful because the founders had the time and the opportunity to experiment without being on the brink of bankruptcy. So keep your job or your consulting or freelancing clients, whatever it is, for as long as you can. Just make sure 
that you're legally allowed to run a side business. And I highly recommend making sure that if you have a contract with anybody to know and put it into the contract or at least understand the clauses around if you're allowed to have a side business or not. Because there are some companies that employ you and then they expect that anything you do in terms of building things on a computer belongs to them. So be absolutely clear that while you are moonlighting or having a side project and a main day job, it's legal for you to do so. There are a couple of stories on the internet to so read up on this if you don't want to fall into this trap. So that's stupid idea number one, quit early. Stupid idea number two, pour your life savings into your unvalidated project. So, all right, so you kept your job, but that business idea, oh boy, is that ever awesome? You don't need to validate it, never. It just makes perfect sense to all your founder friends, right? And even your parents, they're super supportive and they would totally buy your product, even though they don't really understand what it makes and uh, why it exists. So, oh, wow, that's a clear sign of future success. Time to throw your life savings into the project. Hey, let's buy a new laptop as well and then pre-purchase a few years worth of AWS dedicated instance credits. It'll be a super scalable business after all. So just throw all your money into it. Again, not a good idea. Hold your horses. Every idea needs to be validated, no matter how promising it sounds. Particularly if it sounds like a clear winner, You'll need to do some research because otherwise, why is no one doing this exact same thing already? And please never ask friends or family to validate your business idea. As Rob Fitzpatrick points out in his book, The Mom Test, you get skewed results from asking the wrong questions to the wrong people. So who should you ask to validate your business? Your future customers. Talking to your prospective users is the path to validation. And even then, you can never be sure. So read the book. I highly recommend The Mom Test because it allows you to understand what questions not to ask, how not to trigger people's sympathies or bias to wanting to see you succeed, but to actually get meaningful information. One tip I have usually when it comes to validation is asking people what they are already doing to solve the problem and what their budget is to solutions to this problem. Because if any of this comes back in a response as I don't do anything or I don't pay for anything, it's a pretty good indication that your product that you might want to sell them will also fall under the I don't need this kind of umbrella. So make sure to talk to people about what they are currently doing to solve the problem. If they don't have anything and no solution at all, then maybe the problem isn't critical enough for them to look into solutions in the first place. So, you know, just ask the right questions and read the mom test. And don't waste your hard-earned personal money. Like, honestly, only pay for what you need, particularly when you start a business. Find cheap solutions to keep the lights on while you're experimenting with the business. Don't overcommit your funds. A side project is not a full business yet. And, and it isn't. It doesn't have to be. That's why it's a side project. And you can pull back at any point. So falling prey to the sunk cost fallacy is easy. Because it's easy to think, oh, I already invested so much into this. I need to keep it running. But it's also expensive. And it's not required. So stupid idea number two, just don't pour all of your money into an unvalidated project. Make sure you have validation and frugality at the base of building this business. Stupid idea number three, work on a project you hate that serves people you don't like. It's a good idea. It's a good way to destroy your business. So you're financially responsible. All right. And you keep your day job. Awesome. Now let's see. You found an incredibly lucrative opportunity in a traditional industry. 
In fact, you spotted a gaping hole in the supply chain of the chicken industry. You're planning to build a really cool remote control system for their barns, and you just have this one tiny little problem. You're a hardcore vegan. You can't handle the idea of eating animals. Oh well, it'll make you money. Lots of money. So you just swallow the feeling of unease and outright disgust whenever you have to deal with a customer. It won't make you throw up in front of your screen, I promise, and if you do, you can afford the finest cleanup crew in town from all the money you're going to be making. So build that barn remote control software that helps your customers imprison those animals that you love so much. You'll barely notice. Or will you? It's really not a good idea, right? A business is a long-term project. You're making a choice for the next years of your life. It might take you a whole decade, maybe more, to turn your vague idea into a blossom in business that sustains your life. You have to be 100% sure that you want to serve and empower your future audience. You will interact with these people every day. You need to be able to stand them, to be around them. Affinity is the name of the game. Best case, you'll love every single person you'll be serving from the bottom of your heart. In reality, you'll like most of them. Right? This is the foundation of your motivation. If you're solving the problems of people you don't care about, your passion for the business and the problem you're solving will quickly wane. And that's never a good thing for the quality and endurance of a business. So make sure that you're dedicating the next part of your life to the right people. Stupid idea number four. Use technology you've never used before. So okay, now you've found your perfect audience, you really like them, you have a great idea to solve, a problem they actually have. So now what tech stack should you use? Go for a completely new language. If it comes with a framework that is highly experimental, use that too. No matter that you won't be able to hire anybody to help you, you're a 10x or 100x developer anyway, right? So yes, grab that new tech stack and spend a few months learning the ropes. Maybe a year, because who cares? Just why, why bother spending your time with your customers if you can crawl your way through GitHub repos and tutorial blog posts? That's what being an entrepreneur is all about, right? Well, yeah, it's not. Entrepreneurship is about empowering people, not trying out new tech. If you're a PHP developer, consider building your site project in PHP. If your last four jobs use JavaScript, then now is not the right time to, to dive into Golang for your business. It, it, it's Just use boring tech, the stuff that you know and you're already up to speed with. If your business starts out as a side project, you don't want to spend your precious free time learning a whole new technology. Consider this. It takes weeks to get acquainted with the best practices of a language. Stretched over a few hours every now and then, that's months that you just spent learning the new tech before you could even create the first prototype of your minimum viable product. You have no time to actually spend on your business if all you're doing is learning a new technology. So do you want to build a business or do you want to learn tech? And obviously you can learn new languages and frameworks. Lifelong learning is a wonderful thing and I highly encourage it all the time, but don't mistake this for a requirement to build a business. The goal of building a business is to solve a problem for people. They don't care what tech you use. If you want to build a hobby project, go ahead and try out that new tech, then it's just going to be a hobby. It's going to be a project. But if you want to build a business, use what gets the job done quickly. Stupid idea number five. Never hire anyone. You're a great founder. You code, you market, you sell, you file taxes, you have a vision, you're the whole package. Why would you ever need any help? 
You can handle anything that comes across your path. Customer service while fixing a bug, no problem. Keeping an eye on the service while you deploy, writing cold emails while you code, responding to haters on Twitter while writing this week's newsletter, no problem whatsoever. You have infinite energy and attention, you're never tired and you never need to sleep and you'll never need to recharge. You could do this alone forever. Of course you can't. This is the biggest problem that I ran into while being the only technical founder for Feedback Panda, the edtech SaaS business that I co-founded with my partner Danielle back in 2017. When we sold the business in 2019, it was doing $55,000 in monthly recurring revenue and we had over 5,000 customers, but we only still ran the business with the two co-founders. I had to do all feature development, all technical customer service and all integration work. And it was a nightmare. I labored under the weird conception that to hire someone, we'd need enough work to keep them busy for 40 hours a week. And of course, there are much more sensible ways of getting help, like freelancers or part-time workers and even just project work, but I didn't see it then. All I saw is that I could handle it, and then I kept doing it. And I was quickly overwhelmed and on the verge of burnout when we sold the business. And we sold partially because of that, too. You don't need to make the same mistake. Consider that you only have so much energy to spend on your business and on yourself. Look into how others can help you and consider doing this early. And the next stupid idea is kind of related because stupid idea number six is don't document anything. So, okay, you need to hire eventually, but... Why should you prepare for this, right? After all, you'll be hiring professionals that will immediately understand all the decisions that you made in the past. They'll instinctively navigate your completely undocumented source code, and they'll never make any mistakes when deploying using your custom-built development and deployment pipeline that involves custom terminal commands and just random magic that just happens along the way. They'll probably guess the right commands, right? They're professionals. And when it comes to talking to your customers, Your newly hired support agents, they will know exactly what to say the second you invite them into your customer service portal. They might have any kind of training. They're just going to know. They're just going to innately understand. It's a pretty stupid approach. And there are two components to building a sellable company. High automation and strong documentation. Automation usually is documentation turned into technology. So it boils down to this. The more you document your processes, your decisions, and insights and plans even, the easier it will be to hand over your work in your business. In fact, you could potentially hand over the whole business easily if the documentation is comprehensive. Even for onboarding a new hire, having solid documentation in place is essential. It will give your hires the agency to learn more about the business they're now working for, and what they should be doing to be able to help you in running it. So don't underestimate the desire of your employees to be their best selves. The more you can hand them to prepare and inform themselves, the better they'll perform eventually. So good documentation always allows people to help you more. And in fact, it even helps you. Any process is at risk of being executed erroneously. You will make mistakes, pretty much is what that means. Standard operating procedures and any other step-by-step walkthroughs allow you to do your work more efficiently and with fewer mistakes. If you have a deployment process that isn't highly automated, like in the scenario I just uh, talked about, 
write down exactly which steps to take, put the commands in there. And next time you need to run a critical bug fix deployment, you'll know exactly what to do. And if you ever hire somebody, the DevOps person that you will hire in the future, they will love to know these things too from the start. They know exactly like what to do and why. Because the commands and the structure of the step-by-step, that implies what happens. It's just good to know this, to have it laid out in the document. And I I have a couple more stupid ideas that I just want to share with you that don't go into this much detail. I'm just going to tell you about them and you can consider why they're stupid. Um, the first one is build everything on a platform you don't own without a way to migrate your data away because it will probably never become a problem, Right. Somebody else's platform, your data, everything belongs to them, but you think it's yours? Yeah, why would that ever be a problem? The next idea is give everything away for free. Why make money when you can get massive exposure? That exposure surely will make your vendors consider giving you their services for free. Because, you know, exposure pays the bills. You paid your mortgage in exposure last month too, right? And finally, the last really stupid idea is do everything manually. Never automate anything. You're an artisan. You're an artist. Every customer service message needs to be handwritten, no matter how often you have to write the exact same stuff. Why save time in using templates or using best practices, standard operating procedures, or guidelines for yourself? Just do everything randomly, manually. You're probably never going to have a scaling problem with that. By now, it should be fairly clear that there are many, many ways to mess up building a business. So just... Look at these, think about these that I mentioned today, and just think of a few more. When you run into stories of people failing horribly, absorb them into your own memory as ways to not do it, right? As ways to how how things went wrong, why they went wrong, what the wrongful assumptions were, and how you can prevent yourself from making those mistakes. Run through the scenario in your mind. And your entrepreneurial path will be full of experiments, Failure and eventually success, it's always going to be, there's always going to be failure. There's always going to be mistakes and that's fine. You learn from them. So when you're looking for where you should be going, it's good to know where you don't want to end up. And that's the core mechanism of Charlie Munger's problem inversion approach. Imagine all the ways to fail, all possible ways you could fail. And what's left is a pretty good candidate for success. And that's it for today. Thank you for listening to the Bootser Founder Podcast. You can find me on Twitter at Avid Kahl, A-R-V-I-D-K-A-H-L. And you can check out the blog at thebootserfounder.com. You can find my book, Zero to Soul, at zerotosoul.com and The Embedded Entrepreneur at embeddedentrepreneur.com. If you have any questions about this episode, reach out on Twitter or send an email to arvid at thebootstrappedfounder.com. If you want to support me and the Bootser Founder Podcast, please leave a rating and a review by going to ratethispodcast.com slash founder. Thank you very much for listening and have a wonderful day. Bye-bye.